Peace, love, and light. Welcome to another installment of 30 Talk. I am your host, Him Not Them. As always, gotta give a shout out to the ancestors, the elders, listeners, likers, and subscribers. Can't show the hate, no love. As always, drink your water, eat your greens. We are here, we are live, and we are in full effect. That was Sway Lee, reality check. How you doing, good people? We are here. It's been some time. I know I've been prolonging the latest installment, but I wanted to be sure that I was sound in my movements. Um, This pandemic has taken a toll on all of us. And for me to sit here and pretend as if it didn't take a toll on me in any shape or form, I would be lying. And I didn't want that to be a reflection of my installment. So I just took an extra day or two to gather myself, to gather my thoughts so we can still have a productive conversation. And I'm sure that we all are dealing with something and I want to remind the family that it's okay. It's okay to cry. It's okay to smile. It's okay to ask for help. Other than that, greetings and salutations. Let's get right to it. The reason why I started with reality check is because we are facing a new reality, air quotes on the new. Um, The reality that we find ourselves in can be either form-fitting or form-changing. And we have to be able to recognize the difference between those. And what I mean by form-fitting is this reality can fit what we have going on for ourselves as individuals. If we took this time to plan out our next moves, it can. this reality can fit what we have structured. When I say form-changing, because this reality is new, it could change the whole outlook of what we were trying to pursue or change or correct. You understand? And for me as an individual, the reason why I want to start this installment with that is because at times I found myself trying to fit in places that no longer fit me. And I don't want that to be a reflection of who I am. So I want to bring it to the families because whenever I learn something, I want to present it. Whatever information that I gather Um, Through my travels or through my journey, I want to be sure that I leave trails or traces for others to follow because we are no longer in a position to do this on our own. We are no longer, we should no longer feel as though we have to do it on our own. In order for us to combat what we're facing, we have to do it collectively. You understand? So with me, I have to realize when it's time for me to take, to make, I'm sorry, (laughs) because I'm getting a little emotional early and I don't want to. We have to remind ourselves when a situation is form-fitting, and then we also have to remind ourselves when a situation is form-changing. And for me, what changed is, or what's changing, is the idea of how to help. You know, we all have to figure out what's best for us, what best suits us, what best fits us as individuals first before we come together as a collective. And me as an educator, I want to be sure that the individuals are equipped, are best or are best prepared. And that can come across in a a lot of forms and in a lot of fashions. And I don't want it to seem as if I know everything when I don't. But whenever I prepare myself, I'm going to present myself because I've prepared myself. (laughs) And preparation is key. This reality that we find ourselves in We have to be prepared. We can't just be ready 
or think that we're going to be ready when it's time for us to show up. One thing that my master teacher, my master teachers has taught me is that you prepare yourself during peacetime so you're ready for war. You understand? We can't just be up, wake up and be ready for battle if we didn't prepare ourselves for battle. And not just a physical battle, but a mental battle, an emotional battle, a spiritual battle. And that's how the opposition is attacking us on all shades, from all facets. You understand? And seeing, seeing what social media has done, or I'm sorry, seeing what we are posting on social media, it's bringing awareness, but it's making me sad. It's making me frustrated. And I understand that awareness is key. Awareness is key. Awareness, the awareness is key portion of the revolution is coming to an end. There's going to be a time for action. But, but before there's time for action, there has to be time for preparation. And that's where this conversation, well, the first part of this conversation is going to be about is preparation. We can no longer just wait and say, oh, I got enough time, I got time, I got time. As you can tell, time waits for no man. People are losing lives through viruses. People are losing lives through violence. People are losing their lives through or to police, police brutality, hospital brutality, emotional brutality. So the time that we think we have, we might not, it might not be as much time available as we once thought. You dig what I'm saying? And if we sit as they say, idle time is the devil's playground. <laughs> We're playing in the devil's playground right now. And some of us are aware of that, but a lot of us aren't. That's because, in my humble opinion, we're too busy trying to bring awareness to a situation instead of preparing for the next stage of the battle. Do I know what that is? No, not necessarily. But what I do know is that educating oneself is the most preparation you can do to prepare for what's next. We shouldn't rely on anyone to give us something that we can give ourselves. And that's important. It's indicative. <laughs> you know, I'm whipping out these SAT words I've been reading lately. I'm trying, I'm trying to sound smart. <laughs> and I also try to make light heart of the situation because if we get too serious, we will lose... We, we will lose parts of ourselves if we don't find the bright spots in a dull moment. You feel what I'm saying? And I want us to understand that the opposition wants us to fight amongst ourselves. But outside of that, the opposition want us to have those internal battles. We have to, we have to conquer the battles within ourselves. Right? I think that's probably the first hurdle or the most difficult hurdle is those internal battles. And if we want to become victors or if we want to be victorious, we have to first fight those inner demons. We got to shake. We got to shake the devil off. You understand? I believe that's one of those old Negro spirituals from back when I was going to church and shit. got to shake the devil off. We got to shake those inner demons. And that's the most difficult part because I, I'm speaking from experience because that was the most difficult part for me. I was trying to squeeze into spaces that no longer fit me and I was getting frustrated at the space when I was really frustrated with myself. So then now that I understand that the situation should be form fitting and not form changing, I don't have to change the situation. I just have to find a situation that best fits me. And I encourage the family to do that. And then people will recognize the change. They will recognize the growth. They will recognize the process 
or the progress because we are all looking for the same thing, either internally or externally. And it's up to us to decide which one matters most to us. And that's just my opening monologue. I just had to get that off my chest. We have a few topics we're going to discuss tonight. And on the other side of this break, we're going to get into that. Yes, family, that was Young Thug, Check. Probably one of my favorite Young Thug songs. Um, something I always try to remind, I always try to remind myself, I always try to remind myself of good times through music. Excuse me, I had to gather my thoughts as I read these notes. If, I'm always, if I find myself in a slump, I will play songs that was from a time period where I best felt good about myself. And then I use that as fuel to generate momentum for what I want to do next. And music has a funny way of doing that. So I encourage the family to listen to music, watch a show, read something that reminds you of a time period where you were most successful, felt the most confident in yourself, and use that as a stepping stool or a a building block. Um, Shit, as momentum to move forward. (laughs) And that's just something I do, and I'm laying it out there for y'all. For this middle part of the installment, I want to talk about some fertility facts. I feel this is important because on my Instagram page, if you want to find me on Instagram, him underscore not underscore them, I posted something about the father of gynecology. And I thought that was important because with all this information that we surround ourselves with, we have to find validity in that and sometimes we don't know where to start because we don't know where it began you dig what i'm saying and with these fertility facts it's just something that we can use to best understand what they call white supremacy what they call white fragility and those words are buzz terms i guess that are used now but because they're used so loosely we don't really understand why they're being used And so with these fertility facts, it can give us a better understanding of why white supremacy acts in the manner that they do. For starters, fertility rates for white women were low in every state in 2017, but they were up 12 states for blacks and up 29 states for Hispanics. White supremacy stands on genetic survival. They understand that the world is getting more copper toned by the day. 
So in order for them to remain in control in the manner that they try to control us, be it the melanated, the minority, whatever term you choose to use, they have to try to make us hate ourselves enough that we get abortions, that we don't procreate. So then, excuse the helicopter. So then that way, they are the dominant race on this planet. Even though... Come on, helicopter, messing me up. <laughs> what we have to understand is, is that even though the Caucasian is the majority in this country at the moment, the Caucasian is not the majority on this planet. And what the opposition tries to do is they try to minimize how great melanated people can be by killing them off, paying people to act like coons, whatever the case may be. But they're doing all that because their women have low birth rates. In 2017, they were low in every state. And there's 50 of them. But they were up 12 states for us as quote-unquote African-Americans. And they were up 29 states for the Hispanics. The United States white population, not the population on the planet, the United States white population has had a significant decline since 2008-2009. White supremacy is built on greed and genetic survival. That's why the Ku Klux Klan talk about pure Aryan blood and this, that, and the third and all that ignorant bullshit that they be spewing because they are taught that they are the dominant race or the purest race, not knowing that the original people on this planet were the color of a penny or the color of sand, you know, or the color of dirt or the color of tree bark. You know, anything that has color was originated on this planet, was the original of this planet. But because we don't understand genetic survival to the extent that the Caucasian does, we find ourselves running in loops. No state in 2017 had a total fertility rate for white women above the population replacement level. That means the white women aren't having enough sex with the white man. There's a lot of interracial couples, be it with African-Americans and white, Hispanics and white, Asians and white, Middle Eastern and white, Arab and white. Everybody's mixing with the white, but there's not a lot of white on white. <laughs> and because of that, they can't repopulate at the same rate that they are dying off. And that scares them. By the year 2050, the new quote-unquote white will be what a mulatto looks like or what a biracial child looks like. And to some people, that's not an issue. To most of us, that's not an issue. But for what they call the, for what they call the dominant society, they don't like that. They feel as though they're losing position. You know, they don't, they don't feel as though they will have the same power if it's not a blonde haired blue-eyed, ran society. You dig what I'm saying? And that's crazy to me because we never really think of it on those levels. We never think of any of it on those levels because it doesn't necessarily matter to us. But when we speak of white supremacy, that is the basis of their, that's the genesis of their origin. You dig what I'm saying? And I think it's imperative for us to study our enemy. That's why these fertility facts are important. If we don't study our enemy, we don't know the motive. We don't, how can I best say if we don't study our enemy, we don't know the motives of their actions. You dig what I'm saying? And because of that, we will be 
chasing our own tail instead of chasing our enemy. In 2015, for the first time, there were more white deaths than white births. In 2016, in 26 states, whites were dying faster than they were giving birth. You can find this information on my Instagram page. Um, it's crazy how we find ourselves in these positions as the melanated because we feel as though that we're we are the minority in this country, but we're slowly gaining traction in the population aspect in this country. And that's important for us to understand because if we kept it all together for at least five years straight, we can overturn what we call this corporation. We can overturn what we call uh, supremacy, white supremacy. And then I also want the family to stop using the word white supremacy because there's nothing supreme about their behavior. It's an act of fear. They are only in power because they provoked, provoke and invoke fear on the people to stay in power. And there's nothing supreme about that behavior. And this is just the fertility facts when it comes to the Caucasian American. I don't know what's going over, what's going on, on excuse me. I don't know what's going on over there in Europe. I can only speak about the corporation that I live in in here. And with this information, you can take this and use it when you're having those tough conversations with your Caucasian coworker or the Hispanic that doesn't know that they are of melanated descent, but in their mind, they think they're Caucasian. Or that Asian person that carries themselves with a white supremacist mindset. You dig what I'm saying? These are the facts. White supremacy, I'm sorry, white fragility are individuals who act off emotion. If we want to be best prepared to fight this beast, we have to be prepared with facts and we don't have to fight them with emotion. One last break. We're going to close out. Yes, family, that was the sounds of Patti LaBelle, love, need, and want you. The reason why I started this last part of the installment with that song is because we're going to be talking about fertility facts based, I mean, focusing on melanated women now. And I wouldn't want to talk about melanated women without paying homage to one of the soulstresses of R&B, Patti LaBelle. And... Before we get into this last part, family, I just want us to know that we are in a better position than what the opposition is um, presenting us, you know, and because of all the negativity that we see, there's a lot more positivity going on as well. Something that we talked about on this, I mean, 
in this realm before is the term dichotomy. Two things can occur at the same time without either one of them being false. So let's understand that there's a lot of negativity going on, but at the same time, positivity is running rapid as well. And let's try to focus on that and not the negativity that the opposition tries to spew. And I gave the fertility facts in the middle in regards to the low birth rates for white women. And the way another way that the opposition tries to combat that is making sure that melanated women have complications with birth. And so to close this out, I want us to also have ammunition for when we have those what they call tough conversations about why black women die from giving birth. One of the reasons is there's a myth that black women can endure more pain. Um, I believe it's a gentleman by the name of Jay Sims, who was the father of gynecology, and he only became the father of gynecology because he did all his experiments on enslaved women. All the tools that are used in what they call the OBGYN and things of that nature, all of those studies and concepts and tools and practices came from an individual, a racist individual, who had this impression in his head that black women can endure more pain than anyone on this earth. And yet and still that mindset and practice is carried over into um, medical practices and melanated women die three, are three times more likely to die from giving birth than any other woman on this planet. And that's a way for the opposition to practice what they call white supremacist behavior. I'm using air quotes because you know I don't like that word, but we're just going to keep it moving. If they know that their women aren't giving birth, they have to make sure that other women aren't giving birth. You dig what I'm saying? And this is partly why the mortality, the maternal mortality, I'm sorry. This is partly why the maternal mortality rate went up in 2016. It wasn't that a whole bunch of women was dying from giving birth. It was just a large amount of melanated women dying from giving birth and not just what they call African-American. We're also talking about Hispanic women as well. So keep in mind that we don't understand all the motives of the opposition because we don't even know why they're doing it. We just think they're just racist and they just hate us because we got all the swag and we created all the shit that they use and take credit for. No. They understand the power of the melanated, not just the melanated man, but the melanated woman. The melanated woman have what is called the Eve gene. I'm kind of doing some research into that. I'm not going to speak too much on it because I don't have all the information just yet. But I encourage the family to look up what the Eve gene is and how that coincides to all of what we're discussing today. Another reason why black women die from giving birth is the lack of access and poor quality of care leading and leading up to giving birth. I just seen a story on social media today of a 26-year-old melanated woman who died from giving birth. And she was telling the doctors that she had all these complications leading up to giving birth to her daughter. And the daughter survived, but the mother ended up dying. And I found that to be so, not even ironic, but I just felt as though I had to talk about it on this installment because I had this information for probably a week and a half. And I didn't want to make it seem as if I wanted to harp on negative shit when it comes to melanated women. But I don't even think a lot of us know that this is occurring a lot more often than we want to give it credit for or give credit to. So I just want us to understand that our women are being attacked. Our children are being attacked. Our young boys are being attacked. And us as melanated men, we are being attacked. 
and one attack isn't better. I'm not even better, excuse me. One attack isn't worse than the other. It's all strategic. It's all a formality. You understand? And if we don't understand these formalities, we'll, we'll point and blame each other instead of pointing the blame at the individuals who are deserving of the most blame. You see what I'm saying? And I don't want to say too many more negative facts about why melanated women die from giving birth. You can look that up yourself. But I just want us to embrace us. Embrace each other, I should say. That's why I started with the song, Love, Need, and Want You. We have to build the relationships in our community. We have to protect our women. We have to protect our children. And it's obvious that the opposition don't give two shits. So we have to give a fuck. You understand? <laughs> Let's stop saying I don't give a fuck and start giving a fuck. You understand? Excuse my French, but I just wanted that point to land home. And I could feel myself getting riled up. So I'm about to take two breaths and cool off. But yes, family, that's, that's this installment in a nutshell. Protect our own. Study our enemy. Value yourself. You understand? Let's put all those, in, all those concepts and ideas in perspective and let's attack this beast head on. I'm your host, Him Not Them. And if you really want to have this conversation with me, protect your community. Peace.